You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hi, sisters. It's Scout here. Welcome to Wednesday, my episode. I feel like Mads and I have to come up with some sort of a title for each of these. I'm so used to talking to the sisterhood after Mads is like, hello and welcome back to OKSIS podcast. So I feel like I have to find my intro. That's just me here with you all. But let me paint the scene for you or let me set the scene for you. Let me paint a picture. It is almost 7 p.m. Tuesday night, the night before this episode goes live. I just put Lily down to sleep. I was going to record this episode at my office um, earlier today, but got caught up with work. And then Lily was, I think she's going through a growth spurt. She spent the last four hours just crying and screaming and being so uncomfortable, growth spurt teething, all of the things. So... I said, you know what? I am not going to be able to get any work done. I tried to record this with her, um, but now she pulls things towards her. So she wanted to put the mic in her mouth, which obviously didn't work out for me as a podcaster. I couldn't record anything. So with her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend the next four hours with her and just holding her, making sure she's okay. I did get frustrated at times. Four hours of a fussy, screaming, crying baby is a lot. Um, especially after a full day of work. So I just put her down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get all comfy, cozy. I'm in my PJs, I'm in my sweats. I have a glass of kombucha here with me and I'm in the guest bedroom recording this episode. And I wanted to talk about something today that I, I actually haven't really gone in depth 
into or gone in depth with, gone in, or no, just gone in depth. Um, and it kind of shocked me when I realized it because it's one of my greatest superpowers when it comes to my mental health, which is really, really having a good grasp and an understanding of what my mental health triggers are. And when I have a good grasp or when you have a good grasp of what are the things that are going to trigger your mental health to enter into a flight or fight or enter into a state of depression, you are able to organize your life accordingly so that the things that you do and the habits that you implement and the way you talk to yourself are all promoting your mental health to be at its best. Now, there's there's two steps to this. The first step is identifying and really knowing what those mental health triggers are. And then the second step is making those triggers uh, or making, and, and I'm going to get into what, what I mean by trigger, making it a non-negotiable to avoid those triggers and to set yourself up so that you don't get into a state where you are triggered And then in result, your mental health suffers. So ever since I started really getting in touch with myself and my emotional landscape and taking radical responsibility over my emotions to heal my bipolar disorder, I had to take inventory and get very, very honest about what were the things in my life that were going to promote my mental health and what were the things that were going to degrade my mental health, that were going to push it down and make me go into a depressive episode or an anxious time or a catatonic episode. So That's the first thing is we have to take inventory over the environmental aspects, um, over the physical aspects that might trigger us into an emotional state that we are actively trying to get out of. And now, of course, you guys know I talk about these things a lot. The human emotional spectrum is so wide and the point of being a human is to fluctuate through the spectrum. We're never going to feel happy all the time. We're never going to feel sad all the time. Everything is fleeting and no feeling is final. And yet with that, we all know, if you listen to OK Says, I'm sure this is something that you relate to, that if we allow our minds to run amok and if we allow ourselves to not have discipline and if we simply don't work on ourselves, the anxiety and the negative belief system and the limiting beliefs are going to run the show. I don't know why we're like this as humans, but I've accepted that this is how we are. And so as a human, we have to consistently be working to provide nourishment for our soul. We have to be intentional. We have to be in the driver's seat or else our life, one, either goes in a direction we don't actually want it to, or two, our mental health runs amok and then we're not actually in control of the way that we feel. So I have been very good at knowing my patterns, knowing what makes me tick, knowing when I need a little bit more love. So I'll cover a couple just to give you examples. The first mental health trigger for me is when I don't get enough sleep. So if I don't sleep, it used to be before I had a baby, if I didn't sleep eight and a half to nine and a half hours every single day, I was a wreck. And I've always known this about myself. And even when I wasn't able to take full responsibility over my mental illness, and even when I wasn't able to take full accountability and and, and ownership over my healing, I still always knew that if I didn't get a good night's sleep, my mental health suffered. And so when I was really young, I'm talking like 
19, 20, 21, when all my friends would go out or stay up, I would excuse myself. I would leave the party. I would leave the club. I would leave the bar. I would leave the house. Whatever it was, I would leave to go to bed because I knew that if I didn't get sleep, I would be a wreck the next day. And I felt as if even back then that my emotional landscape, especially in my early 20s with bipolar disorder was so severe that Everything was kind of crazy and I didn't want to add that much chaos to the fire. I didn't want to be depressed and exhausted. So very early on, I recognized that as one of my triggers, that when I am tired or when I don't get enough sleep, my mental health suffers. So from a very early age, I knew and have always been incredibly strict about my nighttime and my sleep routine. Another trigger is when I get physically sick. So every time I get a cold or a flu or the fever or whatever it is, I'll talk to my mom and my mom will always remind me that when I physically get sick, I can slip. I'm more prone to slipping into a depressive episode. So with that, I know that when I do get sick, because obviously I can't avoid that, but it is one of my mental health triggers, I need to be doubling up on the self-care. I need to be monitoring my mindset. I need to be doing things that nourish my soul. And I need to be reminding myself constantly that this is temporary. I need to maybe back end some like an acupuncture session or a cupping session when I know that I'm going to be physically healed and not contagious, or I maybe will take a bath or watch a good movie. I'm just making sure to give myself extra care because I know that if I just get sick and I'm not intentional and aware and conscious that I can very easily, because of feeling physically sick, drop into a depressive episode. Now, getting a C-section was like so triggering for me because it was eight weeks of healing and I got COVID at the end. And I had to constantly remind myself that when I get physically sick or I physically don't feel well, my bipolar gets triggered and it can lead to a mental health episode. So in those moments, I am much more gentle with myself. I'm more caring. I'm meditating. I'm journaling. I'm, I'm doing the things that I can. You know, I can't do everything because I'm sick at that time. But I am doubling down on many of my practices because I know that my mental health is going to need a little bit extra tender, loving care while I get over from being physically sick. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. 
Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. My third one, well, it's not my only one, but a third one that I can talk about is traveling and being out of my home space. So I am an extremely routined, ritualistic person. I eat the same thing for breakfast. I eat the same thing for lunch. I have the same morning routine. Obviously, that's been shaken up because of a baby, which has required me to really double down on my mindset and my mental health. But for the most part, I'm someone who enjoys being home and I'm someone who enjoys and needs structure in her day. So this is a big reason why I don't like travel. Travel completely uproots me from my home, from my familiarity, from my routine, and it places me into another place, into another space, environment, um, etc., culture, climate, whatever it might be. And my mental health goes haywire because it doesn't have that structure. So I know that no matter what type of travel I'm doing, whether it is the most luxurious, beautiful, you know, whatever kind of place that I'm so grateful to be at, I still know that traveling can trigger a mental health episode for me. So what do I do? When I'm traveling, I maintain 
similar structure and routines that I would do at home. So for example, my favorite morning routine is waking up, journaling, then meditating. So I'm going to do that while I am out of town and traveling to mimic the routine and the structures that I am doing, that I'm used to doing at home. That's going to signal my mental health. It's going to signal my body that I am safe, that we are in familiar territory, and there's no reason for my mental health to run amok and get anxious and start catastrophizing. Maybe I'll do the same meditation that I always do at home, or maybe I'll do the same nighttime routine. Whatever it is, I'm going to make sure that throughout my days, I'm anchoring myself into a ritual or a routine or a habit that I do consistently at home to remind my nervous system that I'm grounded and that I'm safe. So those are examples of ways that I've been able to really, really be aware of how my environmental factors or how my internal factors, my physical health can affect my mental health. And when I know that I'm going to be in a situation where it can trigger a mental health episode, like if I get sick or if I'm traveling, I set an intention with myself and I talk to myself through it. I'm like, okay, what tools am I going to use during this period of time? And it's not all bad things. And in the case of travel, like going to Tulum on my 30th was fucking incredible. By morning two, I was having an anxiety attack, basically, not really, but I was having anxiety at breakfast. And I had to tell my sister and her boyfriend that I needed alone time. And they're like, okay, take alone time. It's only day two. But that was my body telling me that I needed to anchor into my rituals and routines. So even when I'm in spaces that I am so obsessed with and love, my mental health acts out. It's very sensitive. So it's all about knowing, uh, first being aware of the situation, knowing what it can do to your mental health, and then implementing the tools to take care of yourself and bring yourself back to that grounded, fulfilled place. So how do we figure out these triggers? Take inventory of your days. The same way you might do a food diary, spend four weeks writing down what you're doing and what your mood is every single day. And when you start to notice your mood dipping, ask yourself, why did it dip? When did it start dipping? What was was there anything different about my day? Was there anything out of the ordinary? Did I get sick? Was I out later? Did I drink more alcohol? Did I eat, you know, not as clean? Was I eating junk food? Was I not journaling for a couple of days? Like sometimes I'll get out, I'll be in a funk and I'll be like, oh, I haven't journaled in three days or, oh, I haven't meditated in three days or, oh, I haven't moved my body in a couple of days. That daily and weekly type of mental health inventory, you're going to start seeing patterns. So instead of just feeling depressed or anxious or off and being like, well, that's just my mental health, actually, there's so much more information that we have available to us just by taking a quick check-in to understand that, sure, what we're experiencing is real, but it also could be triggered by the fact that we haven't been doing our tools or the fact that we haven't been monitoring our mindset or the fact that we got sick or didn't get good sleep. There's so many things that contribute to our mental health. And so I have found that a really, really beautiful way to be proactive and not go down the spiral any more than I need to is to really understand the things in my life that promote my mental health and or compromise my mental health. And if I'm in a situation or about to do something or I'm in an environment that I know might compromise my mental health, I have the power to implement and double down on my tools to get me through that period and bring me back home. 
So the first is to take that daily inventory when you're not feeling good instead of saying, which I know I always want to say this too, instead of saying, well, it's, you know, just depressed today or just anxious. I don't know why. Ask yourself to dig deeper. Don't be and don't settle for the answer of, I don't know why I'm depressed and anxious today. Think about your environment, journal about it, get self-aware, really, really get intentional and ask yourself, is there anything that is causing me to feel this way? Is anything different in my routine? Did I not implement my tools? What happened at work today? Etc. And then once you've started to recognize these patterns, you can be proactive. I really believe that my mental health is so strong today is because I'm not always reactive. I'm most of the time proactive. So before I gave birth and had a baby, I knew that this was going to be a really mentally tough time for me because I'm completely thrown out of my routines and I'm not sleeping at all, like my number one mental health trigger. So I was able you know, a couple weeks before she was born to really make a plan internally and with my coach about what I would do in those early days to get through this transition and through a physically challenging time, you know, uh, healing from my C-section, not having sleep, getting out of my routines, being with a newborn. And I believe it's because of these proactive things that I did, being aware of my body and what makes me tick emotionally, I was able to consistently daily, hourly, minute by minute implement my tools, whether it's my mindset or journaling or meditating or having a moment to myself to get through those periods. So we talk a lot about healing on this podcast, but I was really, really reflecting on the fact that my mental health, this, my, the, the, one of the reasons on a day-to-day basis I don't suffer so significantly from my disorder and from depression and anxiety is because I am consistently in maintenance mode. I'm consistently proactive. I am not reactive. And that is the best place you can get to with your mental health because you can give yourself what you need before it gets too inflamed. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you all gained some sort of nugget that you're writing down your inventory, you're writing down your triggers, you're writing down your tools, because sometimes we forget we need these things written down. I hope this is going to inspire you to take a proactive and conscious and aware and intentional daily approach to your mental health versus always feeling like a victim and in the defense mode when it comes to uncomfortable big emotions. So if this episode was supportive, I would be so honored if you would text it to a friend who might need to hear this message, post about it on Instagram, tag me at Scout Sobel, tag OKSIS Podcast at OKSIS Podcast. I love seeing you guys listen in real time. And I will catch you on Monday. Have fun with Mads on Friday. I love you, sisters, and I will talk to you later. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.